a reading from the Old Testament, Psalm 91. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, no scourge come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent will trample underfoot. Those who love me I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. Our gospel lesson is Luke 4, 1 through 13. The gospel text for the first Sunday of Lent, the season of preparation to accompany Jesus through Holy Week, is the final episode in the introduction for Luke's gospel. As such, This account of Jesus resisting temptation in the wilderness, much like an overture to a musical, previews the themes that are to unfold in this gospel. The nature of evil, the nature of Christ, and the power of temptation. Luke 4, 1 through 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. There for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only God. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written he will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. 
Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The word of the Lord. We know too well what temptation is. Like Jesus in this story, we all have spent time in temptation desert, alone with our demons. Now, those of us gathered here in church on Sunday morning seek to live good lives, to do the right thing. We rejoice that this church is full of loving, generous, kind, and caring people. But for each of us, we have those times when we have been tempted to hurt or diminish someone else to make ourselves look good or tempted by the god of consumerism to overspend, or maybe in an attempt to escape from the very real pressures of life, we have been tempted to abuse our bodies with all sorts of overindulgences. Sometimes we are so tired from all of life's demands that we are tempted just to not care anymore, tempted to give up hope. Or maybe we are tempted to turn a blind eye to another's suffering so that the peace and tranquility of our own life is not disturbed. You and I can add to this list, it goes on and on, all individuals, communities, nations, and even churches are subject to temptation. In fact, temptation is such a fundamental human experience that the writer of Luke's Gospel and the writers of Matthew and Mark place it up in Jesus' story, right after his baptism. The first thing that happens to Jesus before he embarks on the mission of establishing God's kingdom on earth is to be tempted by the devil. In the scorching, unforgiving desert of life, now, when we hear that word devil, which, by the way, in ancient Greek means liar or slanderer, we tend to conjure up a certain image in our mind's eye. If only the devil tempting Jesus and us was no more threatening than that domesticated, sometimes comical, iconic red figure with horns and a pitchfork depicted in medieval mythology. Unfortunately, we know the devil in the desert is not a cartoon character, but the invisible, 
powerful, potent force of evil in the world that swirls all around us and through us. The potent force that tempts us to bow down to power and wealth that preys on our self-centeredness and spawns a me generation. The force that makes businesses greedy, nations imperialistic, and churches forget their ministry. The force that separates us from God. Today's gospel reading is quite instructive because it provides a metaphor of how evil operates in the world and shows us how God's love can and does overcome it. During Jesus' 40 days in the desert, the one sure thing is that the power and absolute sovereignty of God shines through. The God who was familiar to Jesus and his people. The God whose power and love the Israelites came to know as they faced their own demons in their 40 years of desert wanderings. The first thing we learn about temptation in Luke's story is that it often comes our way when we are the most vulnerable, when we are least prepared to deal with it. Temptation hits us when we are young and unsure of ourselves, when we are sick, when we are lonely, when we are newly divorced or widowed, when we are unemployed, when we are tired and hungry. In those personal desert times, when our human needs are not being met, we need to be on high alert and reach out to those who can give us love and support. The first temptation came to Jesus when he had been fasting and was famished. When the devil tempted him to turn the stone to bread, he simply answered that no one can survive on food alone. Notice that Jesus does not deny that we need food and other of life's necessities for physical survival. The message here is that material things are not enough. How empty our lives become when we focus only on meeting physical needs, the things that money can buy. We have all seen it. What happens to individuals when all they seek is self-gratification? And companies and nations when all that concerns them is the pursuit of bottom-line profits. They lose their purpose. They lose their heart. They lose their soul. No matter how much they earn, no matter how much they acquire, it never is enough. They either perish or become bitter, empty shells with their humanity drained away. We cannot survive on food alone. 
Jesus was not about to forget who he was, the Son of God, in order to satisfy a human need. The second temptation is all about worldly power. The writer of Luke's gospel knows that it is part of the human condition to be tempted to turn away from God by the lure of wealth, power, and influence. Note that the devil tells Jesus that the entire world has been given to the devil, and he in turn can give it to whomever he wishes. When you listen to the nightly news, it does seem as though the devil rules. We hear of mass shootings, international terrorism, worldwide financial instability, wars and rumors of wars, religious and racial hatred. But as Christians, we know that even though it seems like it sometimes, the forces of evil are not in charge because we know the cross is not the end. There is a resurrection and that the Holy Spirit working through God's people eventually will prevail. Like Jesus in today's text, we do not accept the devil's invitation or the devil's premise. We do not worship wealth, power, or influence. If we have been blessed with these things, and many of you have been, we view them as precious gifts from God to be used for the furtherance of God's kingdom on earth. In a sin-sick world, we have hope because we are God's people, governed by the Holy Spirit, as Jesus said to the devil, we worship God alone. The third temptation is perhaps the cleverest. Here faith is put to the test. The devil tries to beat Jesus at his own game by quoting scripture, Psalm 91, the psalm Tom read this morning. The writer of the Gospel of Luke wants us to know that the forces of evil can and do quote scripture. But just as it is with today's demonic forces, the devil takes the scripture out of context. Psalm 91 is not about magic. It is not about God being an amulet or a lucky coin to have in our pockets. It's not about willfully doing something foolish and destructive to test God's providence. On the contrary, Psalm 91 is addressed to those whose faith in God does not need to be tested. It is for all of us who live in the shelter of the Most High in God's house. In biblical scholar Hans Cross's commentary on the Psalms, he says Psalm 91 carries promise, the promise of trust that we can overcome all the forces of evil in the world. 
God actually promises in Psalm 91 to protect us from the temptations of life. The shelter of the Most High, God's house, is our oasis in temptation desert. True faith can be relied upon. Faith is a gift of God's grace, not something to be taken lightly, not something God has to earn by passing our pitiful tests. Jesus says to the devil, do not try to test the Lord your God. And with that, the devil gave up for a while. The next time we meet the devil in Luke's gospel is near the end of our Lenten journey when Satan enters Judas Icarius as the feast of the Passover draws near. The life-sucking and arid terrain of temptation desert threatens our very existence. But the good news is we do not have to fight our demons alone. Remember, the gospel tells us that the Holy Spirit is with Jesus in the desert, ever guiding, supporting, and comforting him. In the face of temptation, the Holy Spirit reminds us of who we are meant to be, beloved children of God, and what all that means. We are reminded that even though we need food and shelter, our lives are much more than just an exercise in physical need fulfillment. We are sustained by the knowledge that our values are not the world's values and that no earthly person can control the sovereign God. The psalmist does not tell us to test God, but rather assures us that God is our mighty fortress, protecting us against the demons in our own lives. Even if we yield to temptation, and we will, we are assured that our forgiving, gracious God through the Holy Spirit will still be there the next time we find ourselves struggling with our neediness, sickness, insecurity, and doubt struggling with our personal demons in whatever shape and form they take as we journey through life's temptation desert. Yes, this morning's psalm and gospel text comfort and assure each one of us that we are not alone, that God is with us. But there also is a message here for the church, for this church. Because we are the church of Jesus Christ, we are ordained by God to be the very body of Christ on earth. Since we come from a faith tradition that confesses the ministry of all believers, we are challenged to reflect on how we can be present with those in our church family, 
in our community, in Chicago, and in other parts of the world who are struggling with their personal demons at this very moment. Many of our sisters and brothers are hardly able to breathe in the hot, dry air of Temptation Desert and are unable to walk on its scorching sands. In what ways can we, following Jesus' example, be present with them and let them know they do not have to face their demons alone? In what ways can we reach out to the grieving and the sick, the lonely, the hopeless, the homeless, the unemployed, all who are vulnerable? In what ways can our pastoral care and justice ministry show those who are suffering that they can find shelter in God's shadow? that they can find strength and support in this place. In your Lenten meditations, I invite you to envision Chevy Chase Presbyterian Church as a refreshing, life-giving oasis in the midst of Temptation Desert. What does our oasis look like in your vision? And who are those broken, thirsty, and hungry people limping in from their personal desert places? And we are called to bring into the shelter of God's house. Amen.